let's talk about the other stuff that we were going to get to, which uh, was like role playing stuff. So sure. I wanted to like pick your brain on this All thing. Right. I've I've kind of listened to uh, you know a couple streams of yours uh, doing role playing. So is it do when you see role playing is weird because you have like RPGs that are video games. Then right. you have like the shit that people do in like parks and stuff with the foam swords and stuff. Okay, LARP, LARP yeah. right? Which live, live action, action role playing. playing. So and then what do what is this called? Like is this like tabletop role playing? Because I, I don't want to just say Dungeons yeah. and Dragons because I think it's more than that. Even though that's largely um, you know, what tabletop role play is. Tabletop. Okay, then cool. Oh, one second. Mm-hmm. So tabletop role play and. Yeah, uh, is is kind of so what I what I was hearing uh, on on the stream. Something you do, something um, I I'm I'm interested in trying out. Though I do know that right. uh, it could be, you know, there there's some pros and cons to it. Um, how do I know this is for me? Like, assume I'm not sold on this yet. How how do I know something's for for me? So. I, I think this is actually a very easy question to answer. It's it comes down to are you having fun? Do you do you do this? Like I don't I don't think this is something you can go and be like Oh man, those guys in the park in those foam outfits, that looks retarded. I would never enjoy that. I don't think you can make that distinction by looking at it. I think this is something where you have to go and try it out for mm-hmm. yourself before you can know if you would enjoy it. For all you know, maybe Maybe the only thing you've ever needed in your life is to hold a foam stick and whack some guy 50 times yep. with it. Maybe that is exactly what you need, which is, okay, I'll take a step back because it's not what we're doing. <laughs> but in the case of what we're doing, which is uh, a group of people uh-huh. at, at their houses, at their computer, with a headset, rolling some imaginary spreadsheet dice. That's even that's yeah. That was gonna doing. say that's even a, another level of if, nerd. If you deep. boil it down to what it is, it doesn't sound great. Yeah, but you yep. know what? All of these people, this is the highlight of their week because it's fun. It's not about rolling the dice. It's not about the spreadsheets. It's and, and for I'll take a step back because for some people it is, but for the group I'm in at the very least, it's not about mm. that. It's about the interactions that we can have that we could never have anywhere else. And so if you're doing this and you're having a good time, then it's for you. But I would even say that if you're doing this and you're not having a good time, maybe it has nothing to do with you having a bad time and instead to do with the people you're doing it with or maybe the rules that you're playing. So um, you have many different types of RPG systems. And so maybe, you know, having a very hardcore, crunchy uh, system is not something okay, that's Okay, so uh, hold on, hold or, on. So we got to, yeah. just for the layman here. Okay, so crunchy. Okay, so so hardcore, crunchy. Um, so I'll take a step back and explain that. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I play Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. I also say that I'm a little bit new at this. I, I'm I'm much much more experienced than, than Christian, but at the end of the day, I've only been doing this for okay. a year. I started last month, uh, last March, when I was invited by 
uh, some people I know. But I also have that kind of personality where once I start doing something, and I think you share this a little bit, mm-hmm. Christian, you start doing research, you start opening up YouTube videos, you start opening source material, you start just digging into it and consuming vast amount mm-hmm. of information. Um, so though I've been doing this for only a year, I think I've managed to to learn enough to where I can talk. Now, am I some old grognard who's been playing this since the 80s and has gone through 10 different uh, iterations of of editions of different types of tabletop RPGs, like every single mm. D&D, every uh, Pathfinder, uh, all the extra material for 3.5, etc. No, mm. that's not me. I've done Pathfinder and only Pathfinder. But that doesn't mean that I can't, you know, and, be, and say, well, there's a big difference between Pathfinder and 5th edition, or there's a big difference between Pathfinder and 4th edition. Or, yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I kind of, I kind of actually Pathfinder think you're in a, in a good, in like a sweet spot of being able to explain it and still be able to relate to an audience of people who are like, huh? Because of the fact that you haven't been doing this for many, many years. Because I, I'm, my fear is that those people. I've, I just wouldn't be able to relate to those people and they wouldn't be able to relate to me because it's already ingrained in their fabric as as people. They, it would just be like, I don't know how to explain to you how this is fun because I've been just doing this. <laughs> That's like explaining me why breathing is awesome. You know, <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, so I think so, it's a good thing. To go back to our, our original question, crunchy. what is what is crunchy? So pretty much you have different types of tabletop RPGs. Some of them are very laid back where you don't have a lot mm-hmm. of rules. And it's more freeform. It, it's a situation where you've got this concept of rule of cool, meaning if something sounds awesome, you should do it mm-hmm. anyways. Or try to convince the guy who's running the show to allow you to try it, even if there are no rules, or the rules say specifically that this mm-hmm, is gray, mm-hmm. or even hell right, no. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but because it would be so awesome, yeah, screw it, yep. let's do it. Um, but then you have crunchier systems where they're more along the lines of, all right, sure, you can still do rule of cool stuff, but there's almost always a rule for everything. And then on top of that, when you're rolling dice, the dice roll is important, Mm -hmm. but you have like 15 different things you have to account for. You've got different Mm -hmm. status effects. You've got different like combat modifiers. You've got different equipment. Um, Pathfinder and I guess 3.5 before it are, are both renowned for having this litany of items that you need to buy and own and get so that you're even remotely competitive. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you need your 15 different plus one items. You need your 15 different feats to be able to do something. And so that's where the crunch is. There's all of the stuff that you always have to account for. You're never just rolling a mm-hmm. d20 and going, I got a 10. Yes. It's, I roll a d20 and I add my 30 modifiers and I right, got a right. 58. So because of that, there's a lot more rules, a lot more uh, restrictions, but, and there, therefore a lot more uh, definition to the world that you're playing in. Right. And, and what this ends up doing though, the reason why this is, is interesting is one, it helps sustain and, and like uh, realize that power fantasy the fact that like all right at level one 
If I wanted to attack someone, I mm. rolled a d20 and that was it. At level 10, I rolled a d20 and I had a plus 30 because of all these different modifiers. And I'm pretty much guaranteed to kill anything I come across that may have like one shot me mm-hmm. five levels mm-hmm. ago. You get that feeling of power because right of that. The, the feeling of like a progression of your character growing over time and being able to do more things than they could have before, um, which makes sense. It's kind of like Whereas... the, the 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 world has these boundaries and barriers and definitions, right? But but it's 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 a way to give you a sense of you being able to eventually break through those boundaries and break through those definitions as your character. They also progresses. they also give you a sense of consistency. Okay. Because of these roles exist. Well, that means like whenever you go play with any mm-hmm. different group, you can kind of expect everything to flow kind of the same way. On top of that, you can kind of expect the outcomes to be um, very similar. Yep. That makes sense. If you've got if you're good at like if all you do is go around and suplex people and you've got like 15 different uh, modifiers for that suplex, well, you can take that character build and go to every, any different group and fight any different monster, and you're going to have consistent results. Um, on the contrary, a less crunchy system, mm-hmm. like 5th edition, and, and don't get me wrong, people out there watching this, listening to this, I don't know. Um, fifth edition yeah, you're, you're not hating on 5th edition, you're just doing a comparison, is what you're saying, right? Your modifiers generally tend to come down to, am I at advantage or disadvantage? Mm-hmm. And ah. what does that mean? Well, if I'm at disadvantage, I roll two mm-hmm. d20s, and I take the lower score. Oh, okay. At, a, at, at an advantage, I roll two one. d20s, okay. and I take the higher score. Well, consistency flies out the window at that point. Because your average is going to be around... well. Yeah, your average is going to be like a ten mm-hmm. or eleven type deal. You know, if you if you take this over several uh-huh. thousand rolls and you combine all the results of the rolls, you'll your average will be kind of a right. 10. I mean, your average your average on a regular d twenty, which is a number that goes, the twenty sided dice is what we're talking about that goes from one to twenty. Your average is going to be eleven, and an advantage but, then that means yeah. your average is going to be pl- uh, more than eleven, and disadvantage means it's going to be less than eleven. Is that right? But we as humans are terrible mm-hmm. with probability. So what that ends up meaning is you're going to do that 10 times and you're going to end up failing a lot mm-hmm. of the times. And you're just going to like this bullshit. Whereas, you know, if you took that to Pathfinder and say, well, the whole point of advantage is you're kind of getting like a plus 10 to your roll. Well, then you roll every time. Mm-hmm. And your minimum is always at 11. Yep. And and that's where you get that consistency because you can't roll less than 11. You don't get to roll twice, but you can't at least roll less than 11. Whereas with advantage, disadvantage, well, you could roll both die, mm-hmm. dice, and get ones both mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. And now that advantage is literally doing nothing for right. you. You tried, right, and you right. failed. Okay. And that makes, that makes uh, sense. So... You have something that is less chancy. It's more like that's why you said consistent, right? Because, and again, it goes back to that mm-hmm. power fantasy. You don't go, "Hey, man, I'm the six foot tower of muscle. 
I want to take this two foot goblin and punt him down, you know, a football court, right. a football field. Football court. <laughs> Those exists. Football field. Well, you go with the advantage system. You'll probably do there's it. There's a, there's a even even, not, even if you're trying to say that there's a small chance you won't be able to do it, like you'd be like, dude, that's bullshit. Like I should be pretty much always able to do this. What was Lucy right there? Did she like flip it out exactly. of my feet right at the last second? Like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a like terrible uh, role play. Um, yeah. Um, whereas you go to Pathfinder, and yeah, that goblin doesn't matter. You're gonna punt him down the football field every single time. Yep. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, the cost of that is the 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 crunchiness, like you said, right? The because that means there's a rule for. For everything, the cost that comes down that people need to know more. Um, they need to do mm-hmm. more arithmetic, and it's not it's not it's not high level math. It's not algebra. It's, it's more like book like bookkeeping, which, right? Like, yeah, it's bookkeeping. No, there's yeah. absolutely bookkeeping. So even in even in I mean, you know, I'll talk about my the the tabletop board gaming that I do, right? Which is non role playing, but it's just tabletop board gaming it's some of the some of the um, appeal of those games go away as well if there becomes too much bookkeeping or or too yeah, much uh, setup I, yeah. I really like small world we don't play small world mm-hmm. though because of the amount of setup and yep, bookkeeping yep. it requires we got to take out all of the chips we got to make sure all yeah. the chips are organized properly we have to count out every or, uh, you have to count out the chips every time because Sometimes you get five. Sometimes you get four. Mm-hmm, sometimes you mm-hmm, get twelve. Exactly. There's no. There's no consistency. Right. So the thing in the tabletop game. Okay. So we got to be careful. There's tabletop game uh, games, board games, and then there's tabletop role play. Tabletop, tabletop RPGs. So in the tabletop board game world, the thing we're looking for there is this property that I call like elegance, right? So elegance is something where it's just like mm-hmm. the ratio of, um, like complexity over bookkeeping is is valued kind of well you know? i i wouldn't i i think that's i don't i don't think i would call it that because i think it's going to come down to personal okay. like you might not like the bookkeeping but let me put it this way yesterday i spent a couple hours to be quite honest with you trying to come up with a combination of things to create a sort of Master Roshi character. So let, let's okay. st- take a step back. And for the people that didn't grow up in the 90s, explain what a Master okay. Roshi is. That uh, counts me, by the way, because so I grew up I, in the 80s. So, so go ahead. Right. So you've got this anime, Dragon Ball, which then spawned Dragon Ball Z and the endless other Dragon Balls that I stopped keeping part of track of. Um, and if you're like me and was born in the 90s and you know, watched Tanami in the two, early 2000s, Dragon Ball was kind of a sort of a, a staple. Okay. And, and Tsunami, as at least I remember it was, they played Dragon Ball Z first, and then they went back and played Dragon Ball. So Master Roshi in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z is almost like not even the same character. Because in Dragon Ball Z, he's relegated to a purely secondary character who is almost useless. Whereas in Dragon Ball, he is Goku, the main character, uh-huh. Sensei, and for most of the show, he is by far oh, more powerful so than Goku. N- yeah, not okay. by a little bit. Um, 
But in both shows and every subsequent show, I'm sure he is this dirty old bastard nice. archetype. Trope. I can get with that. Uh, so he spends his time trying to convince young girls to come to his island, looking at dirty mags, <laughs> drinking beer. I could totally and, get behind um, that. He looks like this decrepit old man who's always wearing this turtle shell. He's hunched forward. He's bald. He's got these skinny arms. He walks with a cane. So there's this episode of Dragon Ball that like has kind of resonated with me. There's this mountain. It's completely on fire, or maybe it was someone's castle. I don't remember. It was a sort of like pyramid ca- mountain shape, and it was on fire. Mm-hmm. And so some secondary character sends a message to Master Roshi. We need your help. You're the only one that can help us. Okay. And Goku shows up first and tries his hand. He can't do anything. And because this is going to be the first time anyone's ever seen Master Roshi do something, especially coming from the DBZ series going to Dragon Ball, the, uh-huh. the sequel, so to speak, where Goku is much older and much more powerful, you're like, what the hell is Master Roshi going to do? He's just an old dude. Okay. He's useless. Right. And so Master Roshi shows up, throws his cane away, takes off his turtle shell, takes his shirt off, and starts powering up. And the next thing, you've got Master Roshi who looks like, you know, tr- uh, the Hulk. A he looks turtle? like the Hulk. He's just huge. Oh, okay. His muscle, like, his pecs are bigger than his head at this point. <laughs> wow, okay. And he... I don't know how familiar with Dragon Ball, but uses the Kamehameha and just... Yep, the charging up thing. Blows up yep. the entire mountain or, or whatever it was and just removes it from the face of the earth. It's like, forest fire solved. There you go. Yeah. And it's like... Wow. Holy fuck, what did he just do? Right. And it's actually so powerful that even in the, you know, first couple... I don't know, 20, 30 shows of Dragon Ball Z. No one, mm-hmm. even though he's even older now, he's 20 years older at this point. Goku is uh, an, an old, uh, not not an old man, but, you know, he's a, he's a young adult. He's like who's adult had a kid already. by now. Yeah. Right? None of these guys yep. who are the, the saviors of Earth, the Earth's future to the invading aliens, so to speak, have committed any sort of act anywhere near as you know, epic as what Master Roshi does right there. They eventually mm-hmm. do later on. Okay. Sure. But but it, it took a like, while. You know, it takes 30 years for them to be able to repeat that one act. Okay. <clears throat> so this was the character so you were trying to create. this is kind of what I wanted to decide to create. Not something anywhere near as powerful as Master Roshi. I mean, maybe I could have. But something where it's like he walks around, he's totally useless. He looks like a, a gentle breeze could kill him. But if uh-huh. you piss him off, you're essentially fighting, you know, a demon reborn. Um, sure. And unfortunately, in terms of I, his power level, because of some very specifics with this build, I couldn't get it to work properly. But there were two things. One was. I was going to make this character venerable. So Pathfinder has uh, rules for aging. Generally speaking, okay. um, everyone, every character you make is essentially a young adult. But once you get to okay. like middle-aged, 
you start taking penalties. All your physical stats take a minus one. All your mental stats take a plus one. Man, don't I know it? Shit. All right. <laughs> but then, so that's middle aged. You go, you get yeah, to old yeah. age. All of mm-hmm. your mental stats take another plus one. All your physical stats takes another minus two. So at middle age, these 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 penalties and bonuses stack. So at middle age, you're looking okay. at a combined minus three to all physical stats for a plus two to all mental stats. Okay. I was going to go to venerable, which is a step above. Above old above, age? Yeah. At venerable, your physical stats take a uh, extra minus three. Holy shit. That's stacked with, that with the other ones. the other ones. And your mental stats only, again, take a plus one. So you're looking at a minus six across the board to your physical stats. And then plus three for your mental? Plus three for your mental. Wow. Why would you do this? Well, because I was a crazy psycho and decided I just care about charisma. I want the highest (laughs) charisma possible because it's Master Roshi. And guess what? Even though he's like a dirty old man, he still manages to get hot girls to go to his island. (laughs) So I wanted the highest charisma possible. And then I came across this spell that to me was just so cool. I really wanted this character to use it. And this spell is Flame Blade. If you look at it, it's it's pretty uneventful. Flame Blade allows you to create a three-foot pillar of fire out of your hand that you can wield as a scimitar. It allows you to attack as a touch attack against creatures for 1d8 plus one per two caster levels of damage. This is... So that's a modifier, if you me? will. The one plus two caster levels of da- damage. You roll a die, and then you talked about earlier, like those those like modifiers, right. right? To just to determine your advantage or whatever. This is for damage, yeah. though. But go so, ahead. So I'll, I'll, I'll break that down for a second. So the first thing is, it acts as a scimitar. What does that mean? Well, if you've got any bonuses for using a scimitar, you get them for this. Sweet. Second off, it's a touch attack. What does that mean? To hit someone's touch armor class or their defense stat means that all I have to do is, you know, can I touch the guy? Can I just reach out and tap him on his pecs or just like Mm -hmm. hit a shield? I don't have to hurt him. I just to be able to touch him compared to normal armor class, which means is my weapon essentially going to be able to get by his defenses, all of his defenses? His shield, his mm-hmm. armor, his you know nimbleness. So essentially, it renders his armor yes, useless. Essentially, okay. So, so that's the point of touching because it's generally considerably easier to hit someone with touch than to actually have mm-hmm. to deal with all of their armor. Okay. Uh, and then you get the damage. Well, one d eight. Well, it's okay. Most. Most damage is rolled between a, a 1d4 and a 1d12. So 1d8 is not terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. 1d8 means a singular eight-sided die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then plus one point per every two caster levels. Well, caster level means whatever class you're using to summon this, to, not summon this, but to cast this, take all the levels of that class you have, divide by two, you know, round down, mm-hmm. 
add that number yep. to the damage. So if you're level 19... So it's, that's guaranteed damage then already. Yeah, it's, it's guaranteed already, Before damage. rolling the dice. And this goes back yep. into that crunch because this is a modifier you have to keep, uh, remember of. Okay. So if you're level 19, if you're, whatever class is giving you this spell, you're level 19 in it, then that's a 1d8 plus 9. Okay. So why do I care about charisma? Well, right. there is a feat. Again, going back into that crunchiness, a feat is like a perk that you can give your character. You only get right. so many of these. And unfortunately, Pathfinder's got a reputation of it, it takes three feats to be able to take a piss. So it's a yeah, it's very detail oriented. I remember when you walked me through the creation of a of a character. When you start thinking about feats, you are uh, very deep into like yeah. what your character is about at this point. Yeah. Okay. So there's a particular feat that applies to Flame Blade and only Flame Blade. And this feat is called Flame Blade Dervish. What does it do? It pretty much makes it so that if you're using a Flame Blade, you're faster, you're harder to hit, you ignore fire resistance, and here's the kicker. You add your Charisma modifier to the damage. Whoa. Which means... Okay, so there it is. This character who I was creating with a Charisma of 40... Sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure, all like he's got a strength of four, a dexterity of four, and a constitution of two or something. But he's got a charisma of 40 means if he decides to summon this flame blade and hit you with it, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. So we're still not the Master Roshi part yet. Because you have to remember Master Roshi. Wow, okay. When he decides to like fuck you, dude. He, he hulks up. He becomes old man Hulk type deal. Not green skin, okay. but still. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and that's where I came across, well, some of the classes that allow you to cast a spell, if you do it right, you get this ability called, uh, it's a spell that you can cast, or in some cases just automatically activates if you do something as a free action. Mm -hmm. So free action just means like, you don't have to do anything. It just bam, you're doing it. It doesn't yeah. take any time. It just happens. Much like Hulk gets angry. Well, right. Bruce Banner's now the Hulk. Congratulations. <clears throat> um, Elemental Body 4 is the name of the spell. Okay. And this lets you pick an element type, air, fire, earth, water. You become huge. So, to take a step back, what does that mean? Well... Most people, most characters are considered medium. Humans are considered mm -hmm. medium. Half-elves are yep. medium. Orcs are medium. Things smaller than humans, such as halflings or gnomes, are small. Things a little bigger than humans, like ogres, are large. Mm -hmm. So you would be going from this old hunchback man who is a medium creature. Yep. Who is, you know, a five... Generally... A medium creature can take can can contain can be contained within a five by five square foot space. Okay. Right. A large creature is ten by ten. Okay. A huge creature. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's fifteen by fifteen or twenty by twenty. Well, e yeah. Either way, those are that's a lot. That's a huge creature. Yep. So, you so this go, makes you from medium to huge. This takes you from medium to huge. 
and you are now an elemental body, meaning that your entire body in whatever shape you want it to be in is composed of one of these four things. I mm-hmm. was specifically looking at fire because I've already got a fire. Is the fire? Yeah, exactly. I want to be fire. So I would go from medium to this giant swirling mass of fire with this that this blade. That would do it. <laughs> but then you've got the bonuses. Well, I was specifically looking at a class called the Blood Rager. It's a sort of barbarian who is able to cast some very low-level spells because of the like magical blood within his body. Well, as a barbarian, well, if I'm doing this, I would be enraged. Well, the level that I would have the ability to do a elemental body um, <clears throat> uh, was like at a point to where my raging would give me a plus six to my strength and constitution. So, oh. so my stat line at this point is like four, 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 thirteen, thirteen, forty. Yep. Well, I do this, and now my stat line is 10, 10, uh, 10 4, 10, uh-huh. 13, 13, 40, which means I've got a more normal stat line. I'm not – a guy's going to go fall over. You're not so frail. Point. Right. But then I'm a fire elemental at this point, a huge fire elemental, which gives me another plus 8 to dexterity and plus 4 to constitution, which wow. stacks from what I already had. So now I'm at – 10, 12, 14, 13, 13, 40. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then through other shenanigans, I got another plus six to my strength. And another plus six to my dexterity. Oh my gosh. So now I am no longer some weak old man. I am the fury of fire incarnate. Right. Run the fuck away from me. You pissed off... You pissed off the wrong old man. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so this is kind of what I was working on. But I could never that... really get it to work the way I wanted it to. Okay. Mainly because I was trying to get this to happen um, before, like, level 14 type deal. And... So you can actually use them? Yeah. <laughs> so that I could actually... Was it usable? Yeah, because the thing is, is like most games don't go... Like, I could do a 1 to 20 build, and this would be a piece of cake. It would work like a charm. Like, the level 20 statistics for this build would have been crazy. Like, mm-hmm. your strength, your dexterity, and your your constitution would be above 20, even though you're taking a minus 6 to all those stats. You'd have, like, a charisma of 44. Which is ridiculous. You should never go that. You should never really go past 30. Yeah. And here I am at 44. Like, you would only ever go past 30 if you went to the, a 20 game. Right. You're breaking the game It is in, at certain points because of this, probably. I mean, and here's the crazy thing about Pathfinder. This isn't even the worst thing you can do. There sure. are things that you could break it even worse than this. There are people that I could take what I had been working on and just be like, it's cool. You could do better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was my Master Roshi character that I still haven't really, I'm still not happy with it. But this was the concept that I was working on. And, and you can see the appeal of Pathfinder, the fact that like it has the ability to allow you 
to take a concept like this and make it real. Mm-hmm. Make it make it kind of you could breathe life into this this world, uh, right, and have it interact with that world and and see how it fares or see how it dominates or you can just witness its its uh its awesomeness. Yeah. Uh, and and also you somebody has to play that character. So you if you play that character, then you would you know embody right uh what that what that would be like and the problems they have to deal with because i don't know i'm of the theory that like everybody's got problems but it just means that like when you're you know when you're awesome doesn't mean you don't have problems anymore it just means you have different problems right so 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 the problem with this character the biggest problem with this character you know talking about different problems mm -hmm. well you're you're using a fire blade you're a giant fire elemental. What happens when you come across something that's immune to fire? What happens when you come across another fire elemental? <laughs> yeah, then you're, then you're fucked. <laughs> Whoops. What are you going to do? Let's, let's bring it in. Let's have a hug. Fire elementals are cool. Let's not yeah. fight each other. Right, Especially right. since, like, okay, well, you're a fire elemental right now. But guess what? You don't have immunity to fire. He is... But because at the deep down you're still just a dude, or in this case a, a crippled old man, you don't have fire immunity. So even though you become a fire elemental, you're not immune to fire because you're not truly a fire elemental. I'll double check because you know That's I, a... I don't I don't need a grognard coming in like God, this, this podcast <laughs> is terrible. These guys don't this know is... what they're talking about. But I believe oh, we would we've already gotten there. We've already gotten there. <laughs> gotten there in other episodes. Don't worry, we've already <laughs> like uh, yeah. But you could go ahead and look it up if it uh if it's something that yeah. Uh, so it's funny because as I'm as I'm talking about this, like as we're talking about this, um, it's something I I I want to get a better grasp of, but I could definitely see like how deep the rabbit hole goes in terms of explaining some of this shit. Um, and it would be, it's, you know, we've, we've had attempts at like explaining certain things before and uh, it's tough. It's tough when you're trying to reach like a, like a, somebody who hasn't been exposed to it before. Yeah. It, it'd be like me trying to explain like Madden to somebody who's doesn't even know what football is like, <laughs> Right. Okay. You know, there's, and, and like how to, okay. So here's how we pick the play. Here's why you want to pick the play. Right. And, uh, fuck this. I'm going to go the Super Tech Mobile 1993. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have eight plays to choose from. Right. It's right. so much easier. Right. Well, it started out, I mean, like it started out very easy. You know, every, every character was the same. And then now they have like, I'm going to, I'm going to look this up just for, just to be stupid. Um, Madden quarterback statistics. So, so just a yes. step back. I don't see anywhere anything about elemental body being giving you immunity to that whatever element you are. So, you know, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's somewhere I'm not looking. But from what I can see, you're not immune to fire. You are immune to a bunch of other things, let's just bleed damage, critical sneak, uh, critical hits, and sneak attacks, but not you know to fire. Not fire itself, right? Yeah. So this is freaking crazy. I'm taking a little segue. Like, because Madden for me is like, 
people who who are like in the sports may not think they're nerdy, but like if you play Madden, then if you're kind of a nerd of a different type. <laughs> so like, if you play okay. fantasy football, you're a nerd of a different type. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay. Um, let me see if I because these are abbreviated, so I got to figure out like so, Madden Madden Q, Madden eighteen quarterback stats that you need to pay attention to, or is like T H P T A S T A M T A D and play action. So I think it is. THP is throwing power. TAS is throw accuracy short. TAM is throw accuracy mid. TAD is like throw accuracy deep. But I'm yeah, guessing at a, at, a, at a previous iteration of Madden, it was probably just like throwing accuracy. And then at some point, it was probably just throwing, you know? Like, yeah. So it's just evolved. And so when we talk about stuff within Pathfinder, you're, you're kind of starting, you're kind of diving in the deep end of the pool. When you talk about the crunchiness, the crunchiness is as, as a result of trying to get a more simulator-like feel. Right. Right. You're trying to have a better simulation. You're trying to get a sort of simulation that's consistent. Yes. Yes. Yep. So um, so we're, we're kind of diving people a bit into the deep end, but it's because sometimes we can't articulate with, with if we use really broad strokes so you gotta kind of get get fine-grained here so um so i can appreciate that um i can appreciate that just because it's analogous to other things that i've gotten an appreciation for uh you know what i mean and then eventually if i if i get more into this hobby then i'll be able to appreciate it at face value yeah. You'll be able to be like, I see your Master Roshi build. Here's what you did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Then the student becomes the master. <laughs> but yeah. Here, can we take like a five-minute so, break? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to cut the pod for a little bit. Or Actually, you know what? This is a good sesh. Um, I think uh, I'm going to just stop the recording, and then we can have what tends to be a um, pod after the pod. So good having sure. you on. We could do this again another time. Sure. I don't know what Alan's gonna keep, um, but if he wants a drop, uh, he's gonna get to Master Roshi and just be like, "Fuck this shit, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> All right, if he wants a drop, I'm just gonna give one to him. So uh, this is this is the Bro Show. Uh, you bliss listening, uh, and your your bros tonight are Christian and Martin. We'll see you later. <laughs>